Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott, coming to you live from my uh, home office here in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchi from Kimberly. Kimberly, papermakers that are now 2-0, Coach. Uh, big night of high school football the other night. Uh, how are we doing over there? Hey, doing really good, Brian. Thanks for asking. Uh, just a real quick shout out to our new coach, Coach Mikeowitz. That was his first home game and as a maker. And obviously he came over from De Pere High School and I think it was a very special moment. I think a lot of times us as uh, coaches and parents, you know, it's we got to celebrate those things. You know, if, if it's your kid playing in athletics and, you know, so many times I think coaches, parents can be judgmental and just enjoying those good times. And then last night was definitely a good time for for our new coach at Kimberly. And I want to congratulate him and not only him, but all the kids, all the coaches, everybody that's involved with, with running a program. Cause it really does take lots of people to have a very successful program. Well, I think, you know, the first two weeks I'm, I'm excited kind of the direction some of the teams in the state are going, Dean. I mean, there's a lot of um, pre, you know, I, I pre-conference matchups that have been going on some really good teams that are, traveling across the state you know I know last week I know Bayport came over here to play Middleton and um you know last night I was at the McGuana or the other night I guess you should say this all air on Sunday but I was at the McGuana go Sun Prairie game and that was a I mean wow that yeah. was a game you know what I mean an epic battle and huge shout out to to a quarterback on one of the teams that made what I would consider one of the most athletic plays I've ever seen a high school athlete make and if you guys I uh, want to take a look at Ryan Gregory on Twitter. He's got an incredible video of this kid. And, uh, you know, I know the kid personally and, you know, the work he's put in, it definitely showed in that play. Now they, you know, didn't come up on the, on the top end of the stick, you know, McGuanago obviously is a really good team as, as are so many other teams in our state, but, but what a game. And man, I tell you what, Dean, you know, being in the high school sector, like you are, man, those Friday nights, those are special, you know, and, and, you know, high school sports, again, I, you know, we talk about it all the time, you know, I think there's this trend that's going towards AAU and travel, but it's really hard to, hard to beat, you know, you know, three or 4,000 people in the stadium uh, cheering and, and you're playing with, you know, all your buddies that you grew up with. I mean, it's just, it's just special to watch. And, you know, I love going to games. I, I even the ones my kids don't play, you know, they're just, they're just fun to watch. Right. And I think, you know, it's so special with the game of football is, is you're not playing football year round, right. you know, where most of the other sports you are continually playing, there's really no off season, you know, in football, your off season, maybe is the weight room. It's playing, it's playing other sports. Yeah. You might have a little passing league, but really, you know, it's those nine, nine games that you're going to play. And then hopefully if you're one of those lucky enough teams, then you can advance in the playoffs. So it is special at Friday night lights. There is, something about that and just the community and the school and everybody getting together on, on a beautiful last night. And last night was just gorgeous. Yeah. Just, just gorgeous. And, and just watching kids out there competing and just having fun with their friends. And uh, DeForest came up by us. So it's, it's exact same thing. I saw Franklin was playing final act. So we got a lot of people playing from distances and just great sportsmanship out there. You know, just kids want to get better coaches, you know, working their tails off. It, it's just awesome. And, you know, we got school will be starting for a lot of schools next week. I know we start on Thursday. So it's, it's getting to that schedule. Now kids, 
athletes have to just change their whole routine because now they're going to be going into school. And, and that's something to think about too, as they start adjusting to the school schedule. Well, and I think, you know, we talk about, you know, the training year round, you know, now it's starting to figure out how you can make that work, you know, because now you're, you know, from that, you know, roughly eight to three window um, you're in school and, and a lot of schools like, like Kimberly does a great job with, you know, in school strength and conditioning for your athletes and for non-athletes as well. Um, so I think schools have, have really adapted to to that model. Um, I know some of the schools we work with do, you know, AM, you know, or, or a zero hour. So I think people are really starting to take notice of the value of strength and conditioning. And, you know, I, I know from our vantage point, Dean, our busiest times are our 530 in the morning groups in Wanakee. I mean, we had... You know, last spring we had up to like 25 kids coming before school to train. Some of them driving from Sun Prairie, some drive from Middleton, some drive from DeForest. We had a, two kids driving from Lodi, you know, to get there 530 in the morning. So the, the commitment level on a lot of athletes is great. And that's got to stay that way for the whole year. Yeah, message to all the parents out there and athletes. If you're in an in-season sport now and, you're, and your school is not providing a good weight program, you need to make sure you take advantage of and go to a place, for example, like Brian's Place Sports Advantage, where you're going to continually get that training. Because again, after two weeks of no training, you're going to start to decrease your power output, your increase of injury is going to occur. So you have to, and, and I was a parent myself, if you're not in a situation where you have an opportunity and, and to get good quality training, you need to get out there and take advantage because a lot of athletes are multiple sport athletes. And if you take a season, for example, in the fall here, and you do no training, you're really doing yourself a disservice if you're an athlete. And as a parent, you're really putting your son or daughter in a position that they're way more likely to get injured. And obviously, you know, the athletic performance part of it. I mean, what we saw last night and down on a, in the football field is kids are making incredible plays and they're jumping and they're, and they're running fast. That's part of the weight room. That is that weight room is a huge confidence builder for these athletes. And a lot of times I see an athlete do something incredible on the field, on the diamond, the court, whatever it is, it comes from that confidence in the weight room, because now, you know, you can jump that high. You can run that fast. You can make that tackle. So parents, if you're listening, make sure you communicate with your son or daughter, ask them what they got going on at their school. There's a lot of great programs out there in schools. And I know there's some schools that just maybe don't have the staffing or the person that has the passion for the weight room to really help you out. So that's where, again, look up Sports Advantage. Sports Advantage is an unbelievable opportunity for you to get training. And Brian, when I talk to you and some of those kids, if they're consistent, they're going to get some big time results. No question. I think, you know, not just football, right? I mean, I look at a volleyball program that we worked with um, over the summer and that we work with some of the girls year round. They played seven games in two days, you know, in a tournament. I mean, if you don't have a high level strength um, and then other, you know, assets uh, to lean back on, um, your body's going to break down because the recovery process, you know, from those events, you know, or like a Friday night game, I mean, that's a two or three day recovery process. That's not just, wake up the next day and kind of go back to work kind of thing like we do in our jobs. You know, the body can only take so much stress. I remember Tom Mislinski, old strength coach for the Browns, 
you know, used to say stress is finite. You know what I mean? It's not infinite. It's finite, you know, or finite. He's, he would say finite, you know, but, uh, you know, finite, you only have so much stress the body can take before um, it just says, we're not going to take it anymore. And usually you either, you know, get sick, your body, you know, you know, your immune system breaks down a little bit, you get sick um, or, you know, injury occurs, right? Because the body's just like, we're not going to do this anymore. Um, and so your body's a supercomputer, like we've always talked about. It knows when enough is enough. And it tells you, it gives you warning signs and sometimes signs, and sometimes it's pain in a joint area or soreness in a place you're not sore before. And so, um, again, it all comes back to, to having a great strength foundation that you can fall back on, uh, that can help you recovery. Strength is a great way to help recover. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not training two to three times in season minimum, um, you know, all the work you put in the summer was for nothing. You might, you, you could have just laid on the beach you know, all summer and come in the way you were. And because that's how you're going to end up um, at the end of the season is like someone who did nothing during the off season. So dog, we want to fire this sharpening your edge here. Uh, talk about episode 74, Brian, right now, 74. More the last two episodes were 72 and 73 kind of reminds me of uh, one of our new owners, Joe Thomas uh, at sports advantage, uh, his numbers with the Badgers and uh, the Cleveland Browns. Big shout out to Joe. He did our Thursday tip. This week, Ryan Groy, who's our other uh, other new partner uh, from the Middleton area, some Middleton athletes, uh, you know, huge shout out to you guys. We got one of your own that's joined Sports Advantage, um, who's helping out at the high school, um, also be helping out with some of the stuff we're doing. So Middleton athletes, um, take note, we've got, you know, probably one of your, your top athletes of all times um, as, as one of our new owners as well. But we want to talk about this sharpening your edge, Gene, in here, uh, Sarah Larson. Um, adaptive athlete, another adaptive athlete that we've had. What an incredible lady. Uh, just, just in talking with her, you know, we, we talked to her for a little bit before and after, but, um, you know, before we get into a couple of topics, I mean, the, the positiveness that she had just, just in talking with her, you kind of feel like, wow, you know, she's someone that you kind of want to gravitate to because her outlook and her mindset, um, was so positive and you know her first message was she just did everything you know she she kind of treat you know she was just like she didn't look at herself as any different um you know talked about some kids you know every now and then making fun of her and things like that but you know not being afraid to try new things and I think this really Dean I think you can elaborate on as a high school coach this hits kids in a, in a different way right not just adaptive athletes any athletes trying new things you know, we talk to kids all the time. Hey, if you're not for spring sport, why don't you go for track? You know, go for track or um, try golf or, or anything to get you involved in other things um, to keep your body going. And, and just you never know. You never know, like, what you're going to be good at. And we've seen it a lot um, with kids. And even I saw at the college level with you bring a kid in that was maybe a quarterback and he ends up being a safety you know, because of his willingness to be a part of the team and help the team, but also just to try something new. Yes, Brian, no, no, that, that was incredible about Sarah. Too many people are set in their ways and they don't want to try anything new. And I know as a track coach, you know, you know running the Fox Valley Throws Club, a lot of times, you know, we'll, I'll try to talk to some football players and try to get them, hey, what are you doing this spring? Well, I'm not a baseball kid. So, hey, why don't you try track? You know, if you're, you could sprint, you could jump, you could throw. And a lot of times they just kind of give you that look like, oh, well, you know, I've never done it before. 
you have to have opportunities. If you know it's going to help you become a better football player, go ahead and do it. Give it a shot. But I think a lot of that goes back to twin thieves with Steve Jones, the fear of failure. Kids, right. if they do something right away, they want to be like they're going to be good at it right away. And I mentioned that to anybody that plays any sport, volleyball, soccer, any type at a really young age, is it takes years and years and repetition and repetition to be really good at a sport. And then sometimes when somebody tries something new, they just think that it's going to be, they're instantly going to be good at it. And so you got to be out there and you, you got to try same thing with sports. Person doesn't want to change a position. And sometimes that change in that position is put them in the best situation where they're going to have the most success. And just because you think you don't want it, a lot of times the coach with his expertise will put you in a better position. And it might be a starting position. It might be uh, an opportunity to get, maybe go to the next level, but it's going to be sure it's a whole different deal for that individual. And you got to be able to try it. And we see that sometimes with guys go from defense to offense, offense, the defense, whatever. Well, I just want to play defense. Well, let's try me, try you at offense. And then they get in there and they're like, wow, this is really fun. This is really cool. And they take advantage of that. So athletes out there, don't be afraid to try something. It doesn't mean you can't switch back, right? but if, if you know, it's a good situation for you, you know, take advantage of that. And I think that was her biggest thing is she got to an age and, you know, she mentioned her husband is the one that got her into golf and he was a great golfer. And she just thought, Oh boy, how am I going to do this golf with one arm? And she just tried it. And yeah, it was difficult. She wasn't good at it right away, but she practiced and practiced and practiced and now she loves it. So just because, you know, athletes, it doesn't work right away. doesn't mean you're not going to be good, but it's that willingness to try. And that I think is so important. Uh, when we think of weight room, it's the same way. Some kids fear the weight room. And then all of a sudden you get that person to get in there and they start building that confidence. We're right. talking that we saw Friday night. Right on the football field because we went to two different games. So you start to see that, and all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that." And we know as well, just three months in a weight room can change an individual drastically. And if you're consistent over a year, two years, three years, I know you get some kids that start coming in at the youth level, which they should. Right, and they come at Sports Advantage, and you see the changes in one summer of sessions. And we see the same thing with a summer of weight training at our school. And then they start getting better and better. And then they, they keep coming. And, and consistency, which we talk about all the time, is absolutely huge. So message out there. Don't be afraid to try something new. And I think she was it's just an unbelievable example of it. And not only did she do it, take that chance, but she did it with one arm. Right. Brian. Right. She did it with one arm. But I think. She was forced in those situations. Like she said, she had to learn how to brush her teeth. She had to learn how to put, you know, get dressed. She had, to, she had to do that. And so I think it's much easier probably for Sarah just to jump in there and say, hey, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to figure it out. Dean, I can use two real life examples from when I was at Wisconsin. You know, Travis Beckham and Owen Daniels. You know, Travis Beckham came in from Oak Creek, highly retouted. I think one of the top linebackers in the country. 
and you know they moved him to dn and then they moved him to tight end you know he ended up being I, they just came out with a rating with the top offensive players at wisconsin by position he was ranked as the number one tight end you know i don't know who does the rankings but at the end of the day like wisconsin's had some pretty damn good tight ends yes they you know, have he went on to win a super bowl uh, he's getting huge shout out to Travis, by the way, who's getting inducted into the Wisconsin hall of fame, uh, September 9th. I'm actually going to be one of his guests there. I'm really excited for that. Um, and then a guy like Owen Daniels, Owen Daniels came in as a quarterback and they moved him to tight end. And he ended up having probably an eight, 10 year, maybe longer career in the NFL and ended up winning a super bowl. You know, both guys end up winning super bowls by changing position. Um, so athletes, so, hey, Brian. Let's don't forget our you know, some of our guests too. Look at Grosha, oh, yeah. Alec Ingold. I mean, the list goes on and on. You know, and these guys are getting to another level too. Right. So, right. And so, like athletes, you're if your mindset is a, I want to give whatever I need to give to help my team win. Transitions are usually pretty easy because at the end of the day. The majority, and we're going to say the majority, and probably in the in the 90% of coaches are looking out for the best interest of their team. They want their team to win. They want kids to have success. Um, and so if you look at it from that perspective and you don't look at it as like, well, he doesn't, you know, he he's favoring someone else. And if you just look at it at the perspective that the coach has my best interest and thinks that I could do better in this scenario, then make that change. Go at it as hard as you can. Sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it's not. Let's, let's be realistic. These are, you know, you're, you're taking a chance, um, trying to learn something new, but go at it like you'd be going at your normal position. And, you know, in the weight room, you know, for us, this is, this falls right into the conjugate method. You know, we're always trying new stuff with our kids. And if our kids got used to the same 10 to 12 exercises, they never wanted to change or attack, attack new exercises you know, they would never get better and their body would adapt and, and they'd be more susceptible to injury. So great, great first message from Sarah Dean. I think I thought it was awesome. Absolutely. And I, you know, just with the Fox Valley Thrills Club again, Brian, right. we'll, we'll get some of these kids that are gliders, for example, in the shot put, and they're, they're afraid to, to try this spin. And, you know, they start rotating and all of a sudden, wow. Yeah. Th this is going to take a lot more work, but the, the, interesting or the thrilling thing about trying to convert is I can be able to throw this thing farther if by doing the rotation a lot of times. So it's just getting out of that comfort zone. Yeah. We know the brain wants to feel comfortable, but I think coaches are instrumental in this because I think the way that you talk to athletes and the way that you sell it, I think makes a big difference with kids as well. If you just say, Hey, you're going to here. And then you don't give that athlete any type of autonomy or any type of say in that change, then it's a lot less likely it's going to work out. So I think you got to communicate and you, and, and you got to say, Hey, this is why we're doing this. This is why we think it's good for you. They understand what the buy-in is and then they go ahead and try it. And now there's better effort on both parties and it's way more likely to, to work out. Brian. Well, the last part Dean is, is too, is that, really to get your most, the most success that you can out of yourself, it's never easy. You know, there's only one way and that's the hard way you have to put in the work, you have to do that. And so the message I would send to the athletes out there that are being proposed to change something or add something is, can you really go back five to 10 years from now and say, you know, 
what if I would have done this? You know, do you want to have that thought process? Because yeah, maybe you'll be, maybe you're a tailback and maybe you'll be successful as a tailback, you know, your senior year and stuff like that. But if the coach is giving you an opportunity to play on special teams and play on defense your junior year, and what if your career is that much better, you know, outside of just kind of that path you're on. So don't be afraid to take a right or a left turn every now and then. Um, and then that falls right into Sarah's next thing. Find a way to get it done. You know, if you, if you get, if you have to change positions, um, if you're, if you're put in a situation, maybe, maybe you sprain your ankle during a game, you know, you got to find a way to get the job done. And that goes for the classroom. That goes for your friendships, relationships that goes for, you know, getting stuff done at your house. Um, you need to find ways to get your jobs done. And I, I talk a lot about what I do for myself, Dean, you know, the, the, the power list that I got from Andy Frisella. Um, and, and you got to find ways to get your job done on a daily basis. If you want to keep moving forward, because, you know, the little tedious things um, or the really demanding things, they're all things that fall into your, you know, body of work for success. And so finding ways to get the job done on a daily basis, because people talk about it all the time, probably they win the day. We got to win the day. We got to win the day. Well, you're not going to win every day. That that's reality of it, right? We're not going to win every day, but we want to win more days than we lose. That's for sure. And, and that start that keeps moving us forward. And so finding ways to get the job done, you know, you got to be creative sometimes. Um, you got to say no to some things sometimes, you know, maybe going out to Culver's after a game, if you got a big test on Monday, there are certain things that you got to say no to if you really want to be great. Brian, that, that, that was an awesome point Sarah had. And the thing I, I really got out of that as a teacher and a coach and a parent really is sometimes you have to let the individual figure it out themselves. Right. You can't give them the answer all the time. I know teachers a lot of times say, hey, here's the answer here, quick, figure it out. I think the object of a teacher is to be able to get at their students to be able to think to be able to be creative, like you just mentioned there. Same thing as coaches. Sometimes a kid says, hey, I sprained my ankle. You know, what should I do? I can't do some of the stuff in the workout today, coach. Guess what? Find a way. You work around the injury. And we've had so many of our podcast guests say, hey, when they got injured, that was the best opportunity for them because they got to work on other things as well. Their mind, their nutrition, you know, different exercises that they had to try and do so I think it's very important I think so many parents bail their kids out anytime something becomes difficult and you know they're they're not finding that way very quickly the parents just want to give it to them because everything's parent driven coach driven you have to allow the athletes to figure some stuff out it's kind of like in our day hey you are bored hey go around the neighborhood and find some kids and try to play some games right you know, figure it out. It's right. not, it's not going to be at eight o'clock. You know, we're, we're going to travel to Kakana from Kimberly and we're going to play, you know, in a tournament. And then after that, we're going to go and do this and everything's so structured. So we lost a little bit about that stuff with the society. And I think we have to start getting a little bit of that back. Kids got to understand if you're going to be successful, you're going to have to find a way you're going to have to figure it out and you're going to have to work at it. It's just not going to happen. It's not just going to be handed to you. 
Dean, I think that's, I think that's a great message. I mean, I think, you know, just going to the, to the parents saying it goes back to the twin thieves message. That yes. you said Let your kids fail. Absolutely. Let them figure it out. You know, um, it's like building a puzzle or even like playing with a Rubik's cube, right? Y your brain has to associate how to change and adapt. You know, if you keep doing the same thing, if you keep making the same mistakes, um, eventually either, you know, you're not going to do that event anymore, or you're not going to play that sport anymore. Um, or you're going to adapt and realize, Hey, maybe if I try it this way and, you know, we've always talked about Dean sports is a great, um, thing for kids to do, but in my opinion, I think in your opinion too, it's the greatest teacher of life lessons for them when they get out of high school, get out of college how to get into the real world, how to solve real world problems on their own. And if we're constantly doing it for them, what, you know, wh where are they going to be when they walk out of the door with a college degree or even a high school degree? You know, some kids that want to go into the trades or just don't want to go to college. Where are they going to be if they've always had it done for them their whole life? Coaches, parents, you have to let your kids experience failure in, in a, in a sense of, okay, you guys got like, look, at half the teams in the state lost last night, Dean. Yeah. What, what are they going to do about it? You know, coaches, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to help your kids regroup, figure out mistakes? Cause what's the first thing everybody does in football, you go back and you watch the film, you grade the film, you evaluate mistakes and you try and improve on them. That's, that's a great life lesson. Okay. Maybe you went out, Maybe you're playing fall baseball and you went out and you got knocked around the, the ballpark. Okay. Um, maybe, you know, you got to make adjustments in, in some of the pitch selection you were making. Maybe you got to make selections on, on different things that you're doing with your mechanics. You should always, whether you win or lose, okay. Whether you're successful or not, you should always be evaluating yourself and figuring out how you can do things at a higher level. Brian, a lot of, a lot of uh, high school kids enjoy video games as we know. And we, uh, our own kids played a lot of video games as well. But one thing that intrigued me about the video games is a lot of times as I would be walking by, they would be, they'd be like yelling at the screen or they're playing with a, a friend, right. you know, and they're doing the virtual thing and they're, and they're doing a competition and, oh, I didn't get past that level or whatever. I think of it as the same thing as a video game. You know, you're always trying to get to that next level. Right. And you're always right. trying to get better and you're always trying to get competitive. So, you know, athletes, what's helped with my mindset is when things become difficult, think of it as a video game. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get to the next level and make it a challenge because as we know, some of the best athletes are the most competitive athletes. So that's where you, your mindset's got to be, you know, I'm, I'm not going to just stop this. I'm not just going to hit reset. I'm going to figure this out and get to the next level. And that's always helped me with kids is, uh, you know, just sometimes you almost feel like you're, you're, you're shunning them or you're being a little bit mean, but I always say, figure it out, you know, figure it out. And right away, they kind of look at you and then all of a sudden they'll just go and they end up doing a great job, but they just wanted to hand it to them. Right. They just wanted the, the, the copy and paste method instead of, Hey, just think this out. Now you're intelligent, think this out and then, you know, make it your own, make, make, pick the exercise that you know that you can do because of your injury and that you can still get better on that's going to help you out. So that leads up to lucky words, coach. Dog, hold on now. 
I want to yes. talk about that, that video game stuff. I that reminds me of the days back at you know 814 13th Avenue South with me and my guy Mike Norris down in the basement trying to figure oh. out Mike Tyson punch out. You know, oh, yeah. Are you going to beat Soda Popinski or Bald Bull? Or, <laughs> all, all those guys, I you know what I mean? But that's true. Like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? If, if kids, if you think of it like a video game, like, I mean, it was like with Tecmo Bowl. I remember college playing Tecmo Bowl. You know, Absolutely. all those things. And <clears throat> and even with those, right, the gratification when you finally figure it out. Kids, if, athletes, if you just take that and put that into your sport, like you can't imagine how successful you'd be, but go ahead. You you get to start on lucky. You've worked with lucky, lucky works. I'll tell you, I, I was lucky. Legend. I was very lucky to work with lucky works. And uh, you know, he was finished his career at Kimberly, Kimberly high school. And, and lucky was one of those individuals as he got older in coaching, you know, he really evolved as far as his strength and conditioning goes. And that's what I have so much respect for lucky because as we know, coaches can get set in their own ways. And they're comfortable doing what they know. And a lot of times that strength and conditioning realm isn't what their expertise is. It's their sport. So one thing that I really liked, and he mentioned, and he admitted he made a lot of mistakes as, as a coach. And one of them was, you know, he should have evolved in that weight room sooner. You know, he was stubborn and um, he, he should have went out there. But more importantly, he did at the end. He just wished he would have did a little bit sooner because he saw the benefit from it. And that's where I think strength and conditioning coaches, if you're in a situation and you have a sport coach in your high school, whatever situation you're in, and they're feeling uncomfortable, you got to go to an individual and try to have some conversations and, and try to make it work and understand that if, if you're both about the kids and that was lucky, it was always about the kids. One, he didn't want anybody injured because your best ability is your availability. And he Great. knew that. You got to have your stars out there in the court. And then two, he knew what they were going to jump higher. They were going to run faster. They were going to be in better shape. They were going to have that competitive advantage, that confidence that they get through the weight room. And just having those conversations and sport coaches be open and strength coaches be open and understand there's a big picture and the big picture is that somebody's son or daughter and you want what's best for those individuals. So that was huge. And then you know, his other big topic, just, go ahead. Chime in on there a little bit. Go ahead. Fire. I, I didn't, I didn't know I was turning the whole thing over to you. The whole, the rest of the show here, dog. Let's we're, we're just jacked up right now. <laughs> um, I think Dean, the, the admitting mistakes as a coach is one of the most powerful things that you can do in front of your athletes. Okay. I agree hundred percent. Those confidence in yourself, you know, if you're constantly blaming the kids, if you're constantly blaming other things for reasons, maybe why the team got beat um, or things like that, taking ownership in your part, because in a team, in a victory, everybody in the team had a say in the victory, coaches, assistant coaches, athletic trainers, administration, everybody. In a loss, everybody should take a part of that loss. And blaming the bus driver for not getting, you know, wow, we, we were out of, you know, we were out of sorts because we got there 15 minutes late. No, like Sarah said, find a way to get it done. Okay. And as a coach, you know, and that's something that we take a lot of pride in at Sports Advantage. 
is that, hey, you know, maybe we should have picked this. Maybe, you know, we, we evaluate our programs all the time. Maybe we did too much volume on our sprint work on this day um, and things like that. Maybe I should have called this play instead of this. You know, maybe we should have been in this defense. You know, even, you know, we, anything in front of the kids. Hey, you know, that's my fault. I'll take ownership in that. You want to talk about trying to win your kids over um, for the long term? That's the best way to do it. Now, you're not going to sit there and tell them, every, every, you know, that, that can get cliche too. You're not going to sit there every, every weekend and be like, oh, I should, you know, no. But when there's big moments that you can take ownership, you should always take ownership in front of your kids because they respect that. And in today's day and age, they already know that you made a mistake. You know what I mean? With YouTube, Snapchat, yep. you know what I mean? So that, that's just a strong view that I have. It's something that for me as a coach, I've gotten better as. And it's something that as I've gotten more comfortable with what our philosophies are and, and what our staff does, um, you know, it's one thing that I talk to our staff about all the time. You know, you're, you're in high schools, you work with parents, you're not going to, everybody's not going to be happy with you. You're not going to please 100%, just like you're not going to do that, Kimberly, yep. you know, but having those hard conversations and hearing, hey, maybe I could have did this different. Hey, maybe we could have gone about this different. Hey, maybe this communication or this conversation with a coach or with an athlete, maybe I should have chosen these words instead of these words. That's how you grow. That's how you get better, you know? And so, you know, I think that that's a real powerful message for, for coaches out there. Ryan, I think too, is, you know, players are trying to appease their coach and they're trying not to make mistakes. You know, it's one of those situations where, you know, as a, as a young coach, I'd be like, geez, I can't figure out why this guy keeps making the same mistake over and over and over, blah, blah, blah. They're not trying to. So as a coach, you have to try to figure out, you know, let's put that individual in a better situation so they don't make the mistake. Maybe they're a visual learner. You know, maybe you got to slow it down. Maybe you got to show them more film. Maybe we have to design a drill that's more realistic to the, you know, the, to the live game situation. But so many coaches, a lot of times, they're always blaming the kids, the kids, the kids. And I think kids nowadays have more pressure to perform in athletics than they ever have, Brian. Correct. They really are trying to do a great job. And they're going to make mistakes. We see on Sundays, let's just talk about football right now. NFL guys are making mistakes all the time and they're getting paid millions and millions of dollars. So we have to be realistic. But again, the great coaches I've been around have always said, hey, that's on me. And I think those athletes had so much respect for those coaches. They know the coaches are human. They know they're going to mistake. And the best coaches are trying to correct the mistakes that their individuals make. They're not screaming at them, yelling at them getting all crazy, trying, trying to make them uh, stand out in front of a group and embarrass them or anything. They are trying to use it as a teachable moment to, so that individual doesn't make that same mistake again. And I think that's what the best ones do, Brian. The think about this coaches, right. When, you know, 20 years ago when I played, you know, and I was getting recruited by various schools, I didn't even know when Tom Lechner was at my games. Nowadays, these kids that are getting recruited by schools, they know, that the schools are coming to watch them. You want to talk about pressure, you know, you know, you start putting some, you know, because typically, you know, we'll go back to football. You know, the best kids are usually on the best teams. That's why in Wisconsin, those teams are the best. And so like, if you're playing head to head with another top team, just the pressure to perform in that game alone 
you know, is high because obviously you want to represent your team. You want to, you know, keep going in a, in a positive fashion, but now couple it where you got 10 to 20 colleges there watching you play mm-hmm. every single throw you make, every single block you make is being evaluated. So coaches, you got to step back and understand, like you said, Dean, kids don't try to make mistakes. They're not out there trying to screw the game plan up. Okay. So evaluate, like, why are they, like you said, why are they making the mistake? How can I help the player? That's your job as a coach. Your job as a coach is to understand that every single person on your team isn't AJ Klein. It's not every single person isn't Travis Beckham, isn't Joe Thomas, isn't Ryan Groy. You know, these are the outliers. Those are the guys that you probably don't have to worry about very much at all. But the other 95% of your kids, how can you learn who they are so you can communicate with them because you're going to have to communicate different with one kid than you are the other. And that's where our really great coaches in our state excel. Right. And if you're thinking, Hey, I'm going to make a mistake. The coach is going to yell at me. You're going to make a mistake. Correct. If you're sitting out there and you're thinking, because your, your brain is so powerful in athletics and your mind is so important. But if I go up to the plate baseball and I think, Oh, geez, I struck out last time. I'm going to strike out again. You're probably going to strike out. Or if, if, if this guy hits a ground ball to me and I'm the shortstop and I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably get an error here. I'm going to, I'm going to have an error. If, you, if your mindset's that you're in trouble. So coaches be careful when you're, when you're biting that, you're, you're yelling at that kid right away. It, you might be the problem because the next time that same thing happens, they make the same mistake because they're afraid of getting yelled at. And right away, they, they've got a, a negative thing in their head that is, is making them do this. So I think you got to park it. You got to move on. You got to get to the next play, but try to be as positive as you can and understand that if you're out in a football field and you're worried about making a mistake, you, you, you just became slower. Right. And as strength and conditioning coaches, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get our kids faster, right? We're getting their 40 times up their 10 meter fly times up everything else. But if you're thinking out there and you think you're going to make a mistake and you that fear of judgment, you are not going to be the athlete and you're more likely to not make a big play when you're thinking when, if you just instinctive and you're just out there having fun and you're, you're running around, that's when good things are going to happen. Well, it goes into our, our last topic that lucky was talking about is micromanaging your assistants. It's the same thing. <clears throat> you know, if you got to let you hired your assistants to do a job, it's the same with my directors at sports advantage. I hired them to do a job. And if I'm constantly calling them every single day, hey, this, 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 and this, you know, they're, they're going to wonder, like, I'm always looking over their shoulder. And it's the same thing in, in sports. Like, you hire assistant coaches. You know, if you're a head coach, you hire a strength coach to do a job. Let him do his job. Let him do his job. Now, you're going to want to provide input um, and things like that. And, I, you know, working for Barry, that Barry was one of the best that I've been around at that. You know, he knew exactly when to step in, you know, before it became a problem. Like if he saw a position group that was struggling, he knew before it became a problem when he needed to step in. Otherwise, do your job. You know, it's like the old um, Bill Belichick, you know, like Patriots got one sign in their building. Do your job. You have a job to do. Do it. Don't worry about somebody else's job. You know, you do your job. It's like on the football field. You know, if I'm trying to worry about what the guy next to me is doing, I can't do my job. I have to do my job, trust that the person next to me is, is going to do his job or her job, you know. And so as a 
as a leader, you have to do a great job on the front end of educating your coaches, letting them know what the standard is, letting them know the discipline that they need to have, letting them know what their day-to-day operational goals are, and then empower them to do that at the, at their level, because they're going like my directors aren't going to coach and communicate the same way that I do, but the goal is still the same, you know? And if I take them and try and say, no, this is how you need to talk this. And they're not going to be able to coach at the level that they're capable of. And so as head coaches, it's your program. There's no doubt about that. And you need to step in when things are going wrong. That's another mistake that you can make letting stuff just fester because when it festers, then it becomes a big problem. Then you have an explosion and then all of a sudden, usually people get fired. Okay. And so I go back to Barry. He had the best balance of knowing when to step in when you need to, and also stepping back and, and, and letting guys do their job. And coaches out there, you might think, well, I got to put all this time in and I got to coach this person up on this staff and I got to coach that person. And it's taken up so much of my time. Believe me, if you take that time on the front end, on the back end, it's going to make a big world of difference. And we see a lot of coaches right now, head coaches are burned out. You know, they're, they're, coaches are getting fired. Like you said, Brian, coaches are in the limelight. It's their program. Sometimes there's pressure to win. All these different types of things. But the better you can have your assistants and the more that they can do for you and take off of your plate, the better off your culture is going to be on your team and the better off you are going to survive in this coaching world. Because let's be honest, right now, coaching is an all-year-round job. And it doesn't matter what sport you coach, you are constantly coaching. If you really want to be one of the elite programs in the state, in your conference, every coach is putting a ton of time in. And so make sure you don't think that as a head coach, you have to do it all on your own. And to be honest, I think kids... If one coach does too much, I think kids start to phase that coach out. Right. And then coach athletes, if they see one coach doing everything and a bunch of other coaches not doing anything, I think that right there, they think, oh, geez, we're relying on just one guy. These other guys can't be very good coaches if the one guy is always talking all the time. Right. So you have to let people coach. Let them coach. Like, for example, in a game of football, let them coach their units. Again, be involved. Like you mentioned, Barry, make sure you got your thumb on it, but you got to be involved and make sure that they do a good job. However, you got to let them grow as coaches too, because coaches are going to make mistakes. Young coaches out there, you're going to make mistakes. You're, you, you are what the veteran coach has been doing it 20, 25 years ago and veteran coaches. You got to let them, you got to let them make those mistakes. That's how we grow. We just talked about it with athletes. They got to figure it out. Coaches got to figure it out as well. So awesome points by Lucky, just with, you know, making sure that admitting mistakes is one thing and then that letting your coaches coach and don't try to do everything yourself. Nobody likes to be micromanaged in those situations. No, and I think, Dean, you know, when you look at this whole podcast as a whole, um, you know, you, you that, that fear of failure, you know, is a prominent message that we're kind of looking at here, right? You know, as a head coach, you, you, you don't want your team to lose, so you're just going to do everything. You know what I mean? Well, you, at some point, you're going to burn out. You know what I mean? 
athletes, if you get asked to try something different, you're afraid to fail. You know, all these things come back to fear of failure. And in our culture and society today, the way kids are brought up and the way coaches are kind of groomed in the coaching thing, you know, failure is like, it's almost like the worst thing that can happen to you. And if you're afraid to fail as an athlete, uh, you shouldn't be an athlete. <laughs> you just shouldn't be. Um, there, there's, and there's a difference too, Dean, between fear, fear of failure and fear of failure. The fear of failure in, in a real strong sense, that can drive you. Like you can use that motivation to drive you. But if you're always constantly worried about what people are going to say to you, um, if something goes wrong, that's going to hold you back. Like you said, you're not going to be able to play fast and turn it loose. So there's ways to use failure as a motivation if you spin it the right way. But there's also ways where it can really be a detriment to what you do and hold you back. So you kind of have to play with it a little bit. It's kind of like a sliding scale, right? But I would encourage coaches, you know, back to that last point on Lucky, is you really have to over-communicate as head coach to your position coaches, you know, or assistant coaches, what their role is, what their job is. Um, sit down with them. Hey, you know, I, I saw you did this. I would have really, you know, this may have been a try it this way next time. Um, and continue to foster the relationships where your assistants know that you trust them. They have to know that you trust them to do their job, but they also have to know that they need to do their job. Okay. Otherwise, you know, we're, you're going to find somebody else to do it for them. So it all comes back to communication. You know, you got to communicate better. So um, really great messages here this morning here, Dino. Yes. Uh, just one thing before we conclude this podcast, Brian, is athletes are going to be going back to school. And if, if you haven't heard the hall of fame tip by Joe Thomas, if you're not following Joe Thomas, 73 for the Cleveland Browns, ex all American badger, he's yeah, going to be a hall of famer here. Make sure you follow him. I know he's on Twitter. I know he's on Instagram, obviously sports advantage. He had a hall of fame tip on sports advantage. So make sure you're following sports advantage athletes because there's so many good exercise videos, motivational stuff on there. So many good tidbits to help you get your edge. And then, you know, his big thing is sleep. And he talked about getting in a routine. And when school starts, I always tell our athletes, your routine changes now because it's no longer summer. And so you must get the routine. Make sure you listen to that Hall of Fame tip. If you don't listen about our situation with Coach Bott and Coach Matchy, listen to a Hall of Famer. Listen to a guy that was a three-sport athlete in high school that participated in two sports at Division I Wisconsin in football and track, which is unbelievable at the Division I Big Ten level, and then had an unbelievable NFL career. And make sure you're listening. Athletes, get that routine down as quick as possible. Because why? Because sleep is the number one recovery. And what we're trying to do as strength and conditioning coaches, keep you safe, not get you injured. That's number one. And then two, increase your athletic performance. And that is the get your edge tip here at the end of the podcast. Go ahead, Brian. Fire it. Fire it, dog. You, you came out of left field with it. I love it. Yeah, I think you know, there's so many great messages out there, but, but that one was, you know, that, that he had some really good ideas. So we're not going to tell you, you're going to have to follow it and, and check it out. It's on all of our uh, sports advantage, want a key sports advantage, sports advantage, 
Beaver Dam, our Edgewood strength. Um, high school coaches too. You know, if, if you're looking for a great Instagram site to follow, obviously I think, you know, ours is really good. Our, our business sites and things like that. But if you're looking for ideas as a high school coach for things you can do in your high school, man, Robert and TJ do an incredible job um, on our Edgewood strength um, Instagram site. Wow, just incredible amount of exercises, males, females, you know, freshmen, seniors. I, I mean, the, nothing's untapped there. And so I think, you know, follow that site as well. It's a great site as well as, you know, the, the Fox Valley throws Instagram site. Dean, you do an incredible job with that. But that's going to end this episode of Get Your Edge podcast. Fall sport athletes, keep working, get in the weight room. You know, make sure you're getting your sleep. Make sure you're hydrating. Parents, you know, get some good nutrition for those kids when they come home. Um, you know, if you can drive through and order it and it's ready for you when you get to the window, it's probably not what they should be eating after practice uh, or a game. Um, we got a couple of good guests coming too, Dean. We're not going to share who they are, but we've already recorded them and they're, and they're, they're fire, boy. I mean, strong strong mindset and strong people. So looking forward to that. We will see you next time. Chop it.